Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, Kanye, you might need to let that one go, big dog. It, it might be a wrap on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all for fighting for your love, but you got to do it with somebody that wants to fight. Okay, relationship guru, Asia Sky. Come, Come on. on now. I wear many hats. What is up? What's happening? What's going on? Greetings, salutations. Welcome back to DX Daily, this podcast we do here that is brought to you by Hip Hop DX. And this is the place where we keep you up to date on everything that's going down in hip hop music culture. I'm one of your lovely hosts, a hip hop culture enthusiast, if you will, Asia Sky. And I'm your other host and hip hop enthusiast as well, a dub. It is Monday, brand new week. Of course, that means brand new things to get into. So Nicki Minaj is out here defending herself against ghostwriting allegations yet again. Travis Scott is telling his side of the story as to what happened at Astro World Festival. Rick Ross is addressing rumors that there's been some tension going on out here between him and Meek Mill. Unfortunately, rapper and YG affiliate Slim 400 has passed away and Kim K apparently still wants a divorce from Kanye. It doesn't matter that he was begging and pleading out in LA. She still wants to separate. So clearly a lot to get into. But before we get into all of that, gotta say, make sure you follow the podcast hit that follow button wherever you are listening at right now please and thank you okay so let's get started Nicki Minaj has decided to defend her pin yet again is it 2013 is it 2012 right now what's going on that's what I'm saying like I didn't even know that that was a conversation that needed to be had again where she had to prove herself that she's written her some of her best songs and things like that but she took the social media to tweet off a list of her biggest singles that she's written and had that took credit to writing the chorus and verse and really just putting the song together. Yeah, she said she wrote High School, Bees in the Trap, Moment for Life. That was really a moment for life when that song came out. I was just thinking back to that. She also said probably the whole Pink Friday album as well. She said, most of my album cuts on my albums. These songs I'm naming are singles. Other writers' names are added for sampling, ad-libs, feature, production, etc. Okay, like I feel like this is pretty common knowledge at this point, though. Like, who is out here accusing Nicki Minaj of having ghostwriters still? Like, we went through this already. I want to know who put their name out there, Nicki. Say so and so. Whoever said it, put their name so we know who you're addressing because I feel like we know this. Like, why does why is this still being explained in 2021? Almost 2022. 
Exactly. Like, is Safari saying something again about how he wrote something? Like, or he was her main writer? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't, I don't know. know. But we know you can write, Nikki. We know you can rap elitely. We know you're a legend. We know you're one of the greatest female rappers of all time. Like, is this things that we have to keep reestablishing? And I guess this is not more so towards Nikki, but it's more so towards whoever is constantly debating this or constantly pulling this into question. It's just like, number one, people have already established that they don't care whether or not people write their own music. So it shouldn't even be a discussion anymore with anybody because people just don't care. Like, it doesn't matter if you have writers or not for you to be successful in music. We've established this. Many people's careers are surviving not only surviving, but thriving in music, and they don't write a word of their raps. So I just feel like this whole debate in general is already stale, but especially when it comes to Nicki Minaj. She already proved she can write. She already proved she can rap. She proved she's a legend. Like, there's no more to talk about. Exactly. Like, Nicki is well off in her career where, like, she can really just chill, make, you know, a couple songs, put out another album or so. But, like, Nicki's good. Like, She's solid, so I don't know why she has to keep doing this, but yeah. Yeah, legacy solidified. Pay no mind to the to the peasants, man, Nikki. Just be the <laughs> queen. That's it. All right. All right, now let's talk about Travis Scott and Astro World Festival. So he did speak out for the first time last week. He did a sit-down interview with Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club, and he basically touched on his perspective and his view of how things went during the festival. And he basically said what we expected him to say, that he was oblivious to the fact that people were getting trampled over. He was oblivious to the fact that people were dying. He said when he did see things going on in the crowd that looked shaky, he stopped the show. We saw proof of that. There was videos of him stopping the show when he saw an ambulance or stopping the show when he saw something happen. I know people didn't circulate that footage as much as the footage of him not stopping the show. But there was both uh, there was footage of both out there. So let's say that. And um, he also was saying you have lights in your face, beaming in your face when you're on that stage. You have the music in your ear. You have the mic in your ear. You have people shouting you directions and this and that. You have all of that going on as an artist on stage. So do you know what's going on 200 rows back at the show? More than likely, no. Like, let's let's be logical about the situation. So that's basically what he was saying. And, you know, he says he wish he could have prevented it. He's still been sad and depressed and in the room thinking about it. You know, all of the things we expected Travis to say here. Like, did we learn anything new from this interview? Uh, I don't think so. It was about an hour long interview and a lot of people were bringing up how basically he said he did everything he could a thousand percent to stop everything or whatever he could do. But I feel like, yeah. That's what you're going to say, or you have to say stuff like that, or what he's been saying. So, yeah, I don't think we learned anything really new, new about it. Right. He's not going to admit anything that can make him legally liable, even though, of course, he's being sued for billions of dollars right now alongside uh, Live Nation and Apple and Drake and all of them. So, yeah, it pretty much sounded like a man who was sorry it happened, but did not want to admit fault legally, which is expected. And I feel like a lot of things are happening since the festival. Um, Of course, some of the families, they decline help from Travis uh, for funeral costs and things like that. So they're already being unforgiving towards him. Rightfully so. Like you have the right to do that, especially if your loved one has passed away. But then you have these festivals and these events and these brands kind of penalizing Travis right now. He's just been dropped from Coachella Festival. 
The community services manager, Jim Curtis, confirmed that he was removed on Friday, December 10th. And there was a petition going on right after Astroworld Festival happened to get Travis Scott taken off of Coachella. So 60,000 different people signed this petition to remove him from the festival. And I guess it worked because he's off it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's off of that one. Coachella was going to take place well, in 2022. It was coming back and he was definitely on it. But I mean, people wanted him off. So I guess, yeah, they took him off. So there's that. And then he also kind of lost his endorsement uh, for his hard seltzer brand, Cacti. Now, that was in partnership with Budweiser's parent company, Anheuser-Busch. So really big deal for him to have this seltzer. And that has now been put on pause as well. Now, I don't know if that's coming back later or they're stopping it all together. I don't know what's happening with that right now. But it's just unfortunate to me. I think that's a little bit unfair. Like, are we going to say that this man can't have a career now? He can't work now because a tragedy occurred at his festival that, yeah. of course, he is partially responsible since it's his festival. It's his name on it. Started by him, idea by him. But I feel like, uh, at least from a public perspective and from a media perspective, it's kind of like he's being held solely responsible when... Really, it should be more on the part of the festival organizers and the people in charge of logistics at the festival. Was Travis Scott supposed to be doing security as well? Was he supposed to be in the crowd doing crowd control? Like, I'm just so confused on why it why the brunt of responsibility is being put on Travis. Again, he is partially responsible. But why are we putting the. I feel like we're putting the majority of the responsibility on him for this. And I don't, I just feel like that's a little bit unfair. Yeah, I think it's unfair too. And I guess people just do it because he's the easier face, easier name to go to. It's recognizable. People just automatically assume it's all him. They don't really think to break it down like that with security or the organizers and things like that. So it's just easier to put blame on Travis Scott. But yeah, it's, def- it's definitely unfair because what could he have done, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Imagine you have a birthday party and you hire a party planner to get everything in line. You say, all right, uh, this is going to be my name. It's my party, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pay you so you can plan it, put it together, get everything in line. Then you have the party. You're on stage. You hosting a party. You getting crowd hype. And then something crazy goes down. The roof caves in. And now people go, well, dang. Five people died at A-Dub's birthday party. Like, we got to cancel A-Dub. This is crazy. And you're like, dang, like, I just hired the party planner. I showed up to the place I was supposed to show up. And, yeah, my name is on it, but I didn't make it so the people die. Like, that happened due to circumstances that were really in other people's hands. That's crazy to me. I don't know, man. I don't. I definitely don't want to be insensitive because, like we said several times, people died behind this. So I'm not saying, oh, let's cry for millionaire Travis. But at the same time, it's like, should this man not be able to get a check now because this happened? Or at some point, are we going to be like, hey, all right, let's give some of this. Let's spread some of this responsibility out and this accountability out. Right. Exactly. That's how I feel. But yeah, so that's the latest on Astro World Festival. Um, if you did check out the interview, let us know what you thought about it on socials. Now let's talk about Rick Ross and Meek Mill, the Double MG Empire. 
So a few months back, rumors started to kind of circulate that there was some sort of tension going on between Ross and Meek Mill. Meek had come out and said he wasn't getting paid from his music at all. In fact, he said he never got paid for music. And then he went on uh, this rant basically on Twitter saying, ask the label, ask how much they spent on me, ask how much money they made off me. And people were like, okay, well, are you talking about Atlantic or are you talking about Maybach Music Group? Uh, So that basically is how the rumors of Meek versus Ross got started. But recently, Rick Ross sat down with Billboard hip hop editor Carl Lamar for basically an intimate little conversation. And according to Ross now, this is according to him, he and Meek may have had something going on, but he still wishes him the best. Right. He's basically said, um, I feel like we're both hustlers. That's the beginning of it. And he said, that's one thing about life. You either grow together or grow apart. As a boss, you make that decision because whatever it is you want to do, Ricky Rose wants to see you do it. (laughs) There's a lot of people that didn't last or are still down with me in the way Meek is. So I want to see the homie shine regardless. I love when he talks in third person. It's so hilarious. (laughs) You got to You got to just feel that greatly about yourself in life to where you refer to yourself in third person. It's really, really funny. But yeah. Judging from that answer, we we learned not too much, but what we can infer is that there actually was some sort of problem there or there was some sort of breakdown between the two because he said you either grow together or grow apart. So he's insinuating that they grew apart at some point. And in true Rosé fashion, you know, he says he still wishes him the best. So I don't know if there's going to be anything else coming from this, because if Meek's saying he can he didn't get paid, is that does that mean that there's a lawsuit coming I don't know, but I do know that Meek Mill did post his new album. He did post Richer Than I've Ever Been. I saw him, he posted on his page and his story. So they're not far gone enough to where they won't support each other. But I'm wondering what is the status of the relationship now? Because we really didn't get that from Rick Ross's answer. Yeah, it was very kind of like not really hitting on anything, a general uh, media appropriate answer, but (laughs) I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, it was for sure one of those Rosé answers where he answers the question, but he really got around what you asked him at the same time. He's great at that, too. That's that's mm-hmm. always fun to watch him do that. But yeah, we will see. We will keep you posted on this Ross and Meek situation. Now, I also wanted to touch on Slim 400 this episode. Wanted to say rest in peace to him one time. Now, if you don't know who Slim 400 was, he was a rapper and he was also heavily known for being featured on YG songs and being in that whole crew, YG's 400 crew. So rest in peace to Slim 400. He was actually shot and killed out in L.A. Yeah, news came about it. Um, a bunch of people started posting it from Power 106 and No Jumper podcast. And I think Jeff Weiss, an LA-based journalist, he's the main one who wrote R.I.P. Slim 400, a Compton gangster rap prototype, an ambassador for a tradition, lineage, and history, who made a whole lot of hard-as-hell rap songs full of sober gravity and blunt force. So pretty good tweet to acknowledge Slim 400 and what he's done in the rap game. But yeah, very... Sad to, sad to hear that Slim 400 was shot and killed in Los Angeles. So, And, you know, a couple of the bigger tracks that he appeared on with YG was Twist My Fingers, of course, When I Was Gone, and Word Is Bond. And he also had some solo projects out, which was Blastic, High Off Trees, and he put out Bompton this year. So Slim 400, was, he was pretty much doing his thing. Like, I, I always knew the name because of, of course, the YG thing. Even YG's movie. YG had a movie called Blame It on the Streets 
great movie too like if you haven't checked out blame it on the streets that's low-key a classic like underrated movie for real yg's blame it on the streets but um slim 400 is mentioned in that i can't recall if he actually plays himself in the movie or if um someone else is playing him i, I feel like slim 400 played as himself though but either way like just just a key figure when you talk about um yg's whole empire and yg's crew so uh, sad to hear we just continue to lose people in hip-hop and a lot of the times it is to this it is to them being shot down which just makes it even sadder to me because it's not like a health thing it's not like they died from covid or a freak accident car accident things like that which you really can't truly prevent but it's just like Mm -hmm. being shot like that's preventable man so it's just unfortunate to hear prayers up to YG, prayers up to his family, prayers up to anybody that knew Slim, knew and loved Slim 400. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Now, let's end it out on something other than death. Let's talk about Kim and Kanye. So we know during the Free Larry Hoover concert, Kanye got in his I'm trying to get my girl back bag. He was out there singing. He added an extra verse on Runaway just for Kim, just to tell her, baby, I want you back. I need you. Run right back to me. More specifically, Kimberly. That's what he said. That's what Kanye said. And you know what Kim K said? I don't care. Still want a divorce. Right. She has filed to become legally single um, in the state of California, and she wants to change her name back to Kim Kardashian. She wants to drop the West. And this was filed just hours after Kanye did all of this at the concert. So sis had no mercy on him. She she wants to be done. Yeah, so he's probably right saying that, well, I don't even want to say that we were right about her and Pete watching Kanye West concert together, but Sounds I don't know like if she's seen it. You said you don't think she's seen it? <laughs> I don't think she watched it because she's going to do that after the performance. I don't know. Yeah, they, they might have been watching it. I'm telling you, she probably did send that message just to let him know. Look, buddy, it's not happening. Yeah, Kanye, you might need to let that one go, big dog. It, it might be a wrap on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all for fighting for your love, but you got to do it with somebody that wants to fight. And if she doesn't want to fight, you kind of got to let it go. You do, unfortunately. Okay, relationship guru, Asia Sky. Come, Come on. on now. I wear many hats, jack of many trades. In the words <laughs> of Nicki Minaj, who has no ghostwriter, I never mention everything I dabble in. Okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it might be really, really over for Kim and Kanye. You know, I hate to see a family break up, but sometimes that just is what it is. Yep. Hopefully he he can find somebody else, clearly, you know, and move on and have a happy life and do the co-parenting thing. It's all good. Right. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. And we're going to end it on that note. That is going to conclude today's episode of DX Daily. As always, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms, wherever you're listening to us at right now. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the follow button. If you're on the iHeart app, if you're on Podbean, if you're on Stitcher, any of those things, hit that follow button for us. You know we appreciate you. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hip Hop DX. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials, like our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok at Hip Hop DX. Yes, and you can follow us too at Asia Sky is my page on every platform. And I'm at A Dub on everything too. And we will see you tomorrow with more daily news. See ya.